Let us pray together. Lord, we thank you for the sights and the sounds of this season. And now give us a sensitivity to your Holy Spirit as we incorporate all of it together to have the story retold, to allow it to become anew for us. Freshen our minds and open our hearts to new truths. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts together be acceptable unto you, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Well, tis the season for intense marketing, traffic jams, long lines, and a calendar chock full of festive gatherings. Yes, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Signs and symbols are all around us. And I've, I've got two admissions for you this morning, uh, personal confessions. One is, I'm practically in denial that the season has already arrived. Can you believe it? And the other is that the season and all of its familiarity over the years may have actually numbed me to some of the truths of the familiar, the truths of the story. I have a suspicion that that may be a condition that you also could be diagnosed with. So this year, during the season of Advent, I want to invite you to join me on a journey. I would like for you to reflect with me on some of the familiar things, images that represent the powerful story of God coming in human flesh and redeeming this world, dwelling on this earth. And my prayer is that as we celebrate again this invasion of grace, that the significance and the power of that reality of God coming into this universe, entering this world as a baby, will become fresh and new to us, even in the familiar. And so we're going to be talking about the significance of a manger, the brilliance an implication of a star, the variety of gifts that were brought by the Magi. And the challenge will be for us to intentionally focus and concentrate on these images that hold such meaning and may have new meaning for us, listening to the Holy Spirit and being renewed in joy. And so today, what I'd like to do is talk about as part of this communion meditation, the significance of angels. Sometimes we don't talk about angels in the church. In fact, in in the secular context, it's talked about more often. And so in the Scripture, I'd like for us to rediscover some truths about the angels. We know that they prepared for an actual event. They planned, or or they told the plan of God's action for God's people. And God used them as messengers to convey His message to His people. An overview of the angels might be just trying to come to an understanding. One is they were created beings. They didn't procreate themselves, but they were created by God. 
we find that in the biblical language, most of them, well, really all of them, have the masculine gender related uh, to the noun. And yet I am so glad that we have portrayed angels as women too. A friend of mine said that uh, for a number of years they would have a Christmas pageant and they would lower an angel down and it was a a woman in the church, a younger woman, and and they would lower children and they would declare the great news uh, of Christ's birth. And he said one year they decided they'd try to lower a man. They said it was awkward. (laughs) And there just wasn't the gracious feel in that experience. So they never did it again. We find that they're spiritual beings, and in most cases, they're invisible, but on rare occasion, they will take on human form. And their roles are played out as messengers and protectors. It's interesting that in Hebrews it says, you never know when you've encountered one. Do not forget, the Scripture says, to entertain strangers, for when you do so, You have entertained angels without knowing it. And the concept of the guardian angel, I always wondered where that came from. It comes from the scripture of Matthew 18.10, where Jesus says, Beware that you don't despise one of these little one, children. For I tell you that in heaven their angels are always in the presence of the heavenly Father. Isn't that interesting? And so the challenge for us today And really, as we move through this season, as as we look to these images that have become very, very familiar to us, in this case, the angel, we need to allow the Lord to reawaken the significance of the angel. And when we see an angel, maybe on the top of a tree or in a display or in a nativity scene, I want you to think about something. I want you to think about the idea that that created one was part of sharing God's plan. That that one was key in unfolding and describing God's redemption. And that he continues to do a work in us. That the angel's work was not just to describe something at one point in time, but something that would happen moving forward throughout eternity. Now, it's interesting that in the narrative that we read, and as Bryce read it to us, we find Mary. And she had a revelation. That revelation came from Gabriel. You're a virgin, and yet you will conceive. And she said, well, first of all, he said, do not be afraid. And she said, well, how can this be? that I am a virgin and yet will conceive. And he said, oh, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and you will be with child from the Spirit of the Lord. She was taken by surprise. And isn't it interesting how we sometimes are taken by surprise? That in this moment of revelation, things didn't all fit together. Not everything made sense. And yet the angel entered into the confusion. And that's what God does. There are those times in our lives where things don't make sense. The pieces don't seem to fit together. Things aren't working out like we thought. And yet God is present. And in His timing, 
it will all become clear. That's what happened with Joseph. Remember, the angel disclosed himself to Joseph and said, look, I I know you're concerned about not disgracing her, but take her as your wife, for she is to conceive of a child, and he will be the redeemer of the world. And it says that Joseph awoke and did as the angel said. It must not have made sense to Joseph. I mean, the pieces weren't coming together. And yet, the angel gave good news, and Joseph experienced a confirmation through the explanation of the angel. And then finally, the shepherds. I find it intriguing that the shepherds were some of the first ones to hear from God on the announcement of the birth of Christ. Those who were the poorest, those who were on the fringes, and yet they heard the good news. And for Mary, it was a revelation. Uh, She was stunned by joy. For Joseph, it was a confirmation that all that he had heard from the prophets and what he had heard from others was coming true. But for the shepherds, it was a celebration. It said that they rejoiced together as they heard the angels say, Do not be afraid, for I bring you good news of great joy. As we share in these communion moments together, I want to encourage you to do something. I want you to remember the angel, and I want you to enter into these elements recognizing that they are a revelation from God. They are a sacrament where God visits us in a special way. That they are confirmation that we are children of God and that we've been redeemed. And finally, I want you to leave from this place with joy, like the shepherds, ready to tell the story that we do have good news. It's great joy. And we are children of God. I want to invite you to turn to page 12 in your hymnal. And we'll be responding together in the bold print. Christ our Lord invites to His table all who love Him, who earnestly repent of their sin and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and one another. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved You with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done Your will. We have broken Your law. We have rebelled against Your love. And we have not loved our neighbors, and we have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love toward us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. 
In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, they shared in the Passover meal together. And he said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Take, eat, and do this in remembrance of me. And when the supper was over, he passed the cup among them as they gathered. And he said, this is the blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for the world. Drink of this.